Hey, thanks so much for checking out the Brothers Hunt podcast. This week we had on Randy Montana, and I would call him somewhat of a public land turkey hunting specialist. Yeah, guy, guy knows how to call him in and get the job done. He knows how to write a song, too. Um, mm, sure does. Super accomplished songwriter. Didn't talk a lot of songwriting. Uh, it was primarily turkey hunting. We wanted to give the opportunity for you as a listener to understand how to kill a turkey publicly, <laughs> public landily. And uh, I thought he did a very good job of describing how to do that. Yeah, and that's Randy. I mean, that 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 podcast that just happened was something that would have happened in the fire hall, sitting around a couch before writing, sure. or on a on a phone call home. I mean, we had those conversations all the time. We try real hard to not say sure and totally as many times. I think we did a good job. I think we did a pretty good job. We'd also like to thank Blue Otter Polarized sunglasses you can go to blueotterpolarized.com blue otter is uh, focused on making rugged frames but not not disregarding style in the process they're built for the avid outdoorsman as well as the city slick and bartender italian frames crafted with rugged use in mind as well as aesthetic pleasure and daily comfort i did notice we just got back from the beach and uh I was wearing those Watugas. Mm. I liked them a whole lot, but I got to be honest, these Aconis for fishing seem to be, I mean, it's like I would wear the Watugas when I was like trying to look cool, and then I would wear these Aconis when I was getting down to business trying to catch fish. Yeah, I, my, my pair of Aconis, I rocked all the time at the beach. We'd also like to thank Brio Smokeless Fire Pits for sponsoring this podcast. It's a pretty amazing thing. They've manufactured this thing super strong. There's a weird way that the air envelops the smoke. I can't explain it. I don't have to. You don't have to need to know how it works. You just need to know that it works. Words way bigger than are in our vocabulary yeah. for what they did to this thing. It's probably the best fire pit experience I've ever had. had and I've had some <laughs> Had a lot of experience with yeah, fire pit. I have. Deer, okay. deer camps. We're going to get one at deer camp. <laughs> you guys check them out at brielle.co. Thanks for tuning in. Yeah! Thanks for tuning in. We hope you enjoy this podcast. Thanks. Got a tendency to drink and a temper I tend to lose. I got a reckless reputation and a redneck attitude. Got a pass down family Bible with some verses underlined and a folded bag of money in the world. Don't do it. One. All right. We're, we're starting. Don't be up on that mic all night, all day. I don't want to have to edit you the whole time. Bro, I'm 31. Don't tell look me Look how close do. he is. Randy, look. You're screaming. Did you see that? <laughs> I'm not looking. I got my eyes closed. Okay, man. Uh, first off, we need to start off with apologies. The um, This is what we're going to do every podcast. We're going to start by saying we're sorry. I love this. Okay, so the first thing is we'd like to apologize for saying sure, totally, totally. and talking over each other the entire time. Sure. Last time. <laughs> I mean, dude, it was ridiculous. Like, I, I started editing the podcast the night of, and I was like, I knew we had done that, but I didn't know how many times we had done that. And, dude, it was the most annoying, and I appreciate you guys making a conscious effort right now to not... I'm like a back away from the mic. I saw Randy went... <laughs> started to say sure. And I know you can't see him do it. God, that was really funny. Went, I understand. Mm-hmm. I also would like to apologize to Cheyenne this morning for lying and saying that the fart sound was me stepping into my crock with wet feet. It was actually... It was a real one. It was a real one. I'd like to apologize to her because she's going to listen to this, and I would just like to say I'm sorry for lying because I did lie.
we had a lot of shrimp the last week, and it's just kind of what's happening. You telling me? <laughs> it's a good thing I live by myself. So anyway, uh, that's it for the apologies. If you have something you like to point out about what we need to do, be doing better, we'll be happy to hear it and probably not pay attention to it. So just send it in. We got Randy Montana with us. <laughs> yeah, dude. God, this is weird because we're buddies. We just keep having buddies on. Maybe we should have somebody we're not friends with on. Nah. No, it's much better. But this is probably the same conversation we would have on a drive home one afternoon, which totally. I'm super excited about, man. Strike one, I did it. Did you see it? Right then. You don't even recognize it, and I said totally. But you're right. We've had we've had these conversations. I mean, every year before turkey season, especially when we were all you know in the fire hall chilling, we would three months before, as soon as deer season was over, we'd start talking about turkey hunting. And be watching Randy. I would come in and Randy be watching. I just hear <laughs> in the middle of the fire hall, and Randy be watching turkey videos three months before season. It's like the fired. day after. It's like the day after deer season stops. You gotta get yeah. fired up, man. You gotta get fired up for something. I will say that you and I's phone call conversations seem to crank up February to March. Yeah, and definitely during the month of April. Yeah, but it seems like before season we're really that ramp up, man. There's nothing like. Counting down the days on a calendar, looking at a calendar, counting on your your weeks. You know what I mean? Sure. I Watching gotta, YouTube. Yeah, man. I Plus, mean, you, you got start the zoo. doing it all. You got the zoo. Got a little place. Yeah, I got a little place. I drive home. Explain what the zoo is. Yeah, it's this little kind of pocket of land that's I can kind of. T- it's a little side road that I can take, and there's there's really big pieces of property, and it holds a ton of birds. It holds holds a ton of turkeys on it, and it's just a perfect gauge to kind of figure out like where they are in the cycle of, like, are they still really bunched up? Mm-hmm. Are the toms running together? Are they starting to bust up? And it just kind of, you can kind of, like, I'll, I, I in the morning on the way in and in the afternoons I'll, I'll swing by and you see those birds out there and you can kind of tell, like, all right, man, they're, they're wadded up, but they're all strutting. You know what I mean? It's right. like, and that, that is it on your Is up. it on your way home? Or is it, oh, like, yeah. you have to go, you have no, to, like, both. Well, obviously, if it's on the way, it's not out of the way. Oh, that's cool. It's a, li- I mean, it's a, it's a hair longer, but like, it's see, not too so far see, out of the way. You see it every time. Yeah, that's awesome. There's only, and it's cool because they, they, those birds are. I mean, they're such creatures of habit, especially like at certain times of the year. Mm-hmm. You realize, like, you know how a lot of guys say, like, on their property, it's like during deer season, it's like, man, I don't see any birds. Right. And then for some reason, as soon as what maybe middle of March comes in. And all of a sudden, all these turkeys show up on on pieces of property. And it's so interesting to me, like, what makes them show up. Yeah. yeah. Like, why they go winter, like, one area, and then as soon as season starts to roll in, you know, we're going to show up over here and kind of do the thing over here. It's just... I mean, my place is like that, honestly. Yeah. It's like, there for a minute, you'll be seeing turkeys, and then nothing. And then all of deer season, I may see them every now and then. And then from February till... Really early March, I don't see birds, and then at the end of the end of March, I start seeing a few turkeys in the morning, and then by April, dude, they're all in that field. And I've seen you videos. And the great thing about your little the zoo we call it is that it's a good gauge all year long. It's not just before, and those birds aren't being hunted. So I feel like you're getting to watch natural turkeys do their natural thing, whatever that is. It's like they're out there and they're strutting and i'll even ask like man what what are they doing over there off of concord or wherever it is yeah and they're completely like the cars going by because it's it's a it's it, it's a high traffic area but it's like right. man those cars going by like they're so they don't bother them they're so used to it but like you said nobody's out there chasing them nobody's out there 
calling to him. Right. I mean, I do. You know yeah. what I mean? <laughs> I pulled yeah. up. I did it this morning. You yeah. know what I mean? I pulled over and I saw a strutter down in the little woods and, and I got these new, uh, I'm digging on these Woodhaven. I was going to ask you. I was going to ask you what you're running this year. That's actually a great segue. So yeah, tell man. me what you're running. Yeah. I, the, man, Woodhaven, one, I just love the tone of those things and mm-hmm. those reeds seem like super thick. They do seem thick, which is why I don't use them. How many reeds yeah. do you have on yours? The three reeds. Three reeds. Yeah. They make a two and a four? I think so. So you like a good old thick reed. We got a thick reed here with us today, actually. He's, yeah, he's medium sized reed. He's thickening up. I need to I need to skim down. I need to go to a two reed. I'm a I'm a probably like a three right now. I need to go a two reed. So, it's a two reed. I just got back from vacation, man. Dan said we ate a lot ate of Ate a lot of shrimp, man. Summer slim down. It's time to get it started in the spring. <laughs> I will. I'll lose some turkey hunting. <laughs> Absolutely, man. I've been before, hibernating before all winter. Pool season. <laughs> It's different when you it's different when you sit in a tree for twelve hours. Yeah. You gain weight, and then now we're running all oh. over the hills chasing turkeys. So, dude, I'm gonna be looking good. Running dude. and come, gunning. Come, come June, or May, <laughs> your boy will be pool ready. Oh, two read, man. Two I'm gonna read. start calling you two read. Are you two read or triple read? Yeah, what's right he now? at? What status you? Okay, mm. sorry. So you're the Woodhavens. You got any one in particular? Uh, man, I bought a little three pack. They sell. They're good about like uh, kind of bunching together. Like three calls, yeah. One that takes a lot more air to really get it to to get a good tone. So that's your kind of your long distance dude. And they got a mid range guy, and then real light like a V cut for your light tree yelps and stuff sure. like that. And so they sell them in a three pack, dude. Super easy. Those have been my go to the last couple of years. Man, I I've been running these zinc calls. Mm-hmm. I like a zinc call. They have there was some signature. I can't remember the exact one, but it was a red, and it has the... I mean, I've got it right here. It's got the, like, half-moon V thing. Yes. Love that cut. That's my guy, because I... I find, you know what? We're already getting deeper than we need to be on this, but we can kind of go with it, and we'll move it around. Um, basically, what I'm finding... What I've learned in the calling game recently is that how important volume is, mm-hmm. and that you don't have to scream all the time and usually where that tone that rich tone is 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 not the hard pressure from the gut like a for say a duck call you know you're really coming from that that chest register thing and on this man it just some some of these calls just need a light puff of air that way if you if you add more pressure you can tap into the rasp but to come in and out of that rasp seems to be the most effective way to call for me. Absolutely. And, and two, man, it's a whole different deal. I mean, I think we all probably practice in the truck on the way home, you know, just especially this time of year. Mm-hmm. But that, that opening morning, I don't know, it, like, especially you get out there on a quiet morning and, like, all you've been doing is blowing in your truck. You know what I mean? You're going <laughs> 75 miles an hour down the interstate. Like, Probably right. got music on. <laughs> exactly, oh, yeah. man. Got the radio going, and, and you've been doing that. And then you sit down, and the woods are completely still. <laughs> the only sound is like maybe a chirping bird. Like yep. you can hear a squirrel in its tree, right? Like just kind of stretching. You know what yeah. I mean? <laughs> and then you and then you put the mouth call in, and you're like, <laughs> it still sounds too loud. You're still like, golly, and you're the only. Because they always say, like, you know, don't call if there ain't no birds calling. Mm-hmm. But, dude, that first morning, about 7.30 and ain't a bird, I'm uh, <laughs> I'm hammering down on them. I'm trying to get the bird from two ridges over to come. Okay, now that we're, like, 30 minutes in, I think we should explain <laughs> who Randy even is. Randy's one of our good buddies, songwriting buddies here in Nashville. He writes for Warner. 
Um, about to have him a big old hit, son. We're so excited about it. It's definitely Thanks, time. Man. We're proud of you, man. You're Thanks, a great dude. singer, great songwriter, great artist, great Thanks, friend, great, dude. Yeah. great dad. I mean, like, he's dad of the year, I think. What'd you say? You got some what? I got my hopes up for you, man. Thanks, dude. That'd be think... a good one. You too, Reed. Thanks, man. <laughs> triple Reed. Triple Reed. Two Reed. Two Reed. I'm a triple Reed right now. <laughs> this, I'm hot. Okay, look, look. <laughs> I got a long sleeve on. I'll say this. The one it's thing. It's toasty in here. Here we go. <laughs> it is a little toasty. You want to hit that air? Yeah, I'm going I'm to take care of that window, too. All right, see you in a little while. Um, I'd just like to say one thing I respect about you and the way that you hunt is that. Um, yeah, you've proven yourself, obviously, many times over on, on private land. And people can kill birds on private land. But, dude, you're a pr- public land hunter. Dude, I love hunting public. What is it that gets your rocks off about hunting public? I think because it's, like, I'm not going to say it's harder, but. Why not? It is. Well, I, I mean, I think, it, you're, you're probably right. I mean, I've done them both. You're probably right. You've done them both. I have. But it's like you don't, I, I mean. I'm interested I think it's, to see how you'll spend. I it. think it's more of the challenge. Yeah, I, I dig like there's something to like carrying a public land bird out. No doubt, no questions asked. I don't know, man. It's just like, I think you know. There's been a lot of guys <laughs> calling to that bird. Maybe you know I he's think heard we a, both know. <laughs> he's heard a lot of like yeah, man. bad box call yelping and oh, dude. Well, real quick, why don't you just walk me through your favorite? public i've got mine i know yeah. exactly where it was how it ho- hooked up if you do you can you think of one off the top of man I, I got two and actually one was with reed let's go that was one of my favorite i'll tell a different one just because we'll probably tell that one too sure we'll get um, to that one. yeah but man i took uh me and ryan gore went out ryan's a engineer here in town shout out ryan g yeah dude killer engineer gortronics he at, um at Gortron. yeah there you go <laughs> yeah why not tag him up <laughs> But uh did we we went out public land. Um had tried a couple private spots in the morning. Let's talk about where on public because we're gonna hit I've actually got some a little couple of stats here. Did y'all go to Yanali or did you go We were on Cheatham. Cheatham. So Cheatham is actually I looked it up twenty thousand is that right? That's what it said on the website. I think so. Twenty thousand continuous acres in a block. Good grief, man. So it's you, a big, big piece of property. You want to talk about hiding out. I mean, you can literally park and walk in places that nobody's been all year yeah so you went to cheatham with ron what time did y'all meet well we, uh, well we met at, at we did we hunted the sun up at, at a, like another little piece of private okay. over that way gotcha nothing doing there mm-hmm. it's like hey man let's go cover some ground at at cheatham let me you, ask, know. you never know let me ask you this what time 100%. of year is this this was early because there was no leaves on the trees, so it was like oh yeah, first maybe second week. Many people out there of Tennessee, not that morning. We were hunting during the week. Okay. I didn't see another human uh, that morning. But man, we took off. It, it's set up so nice, man. You got the main road through the middle, right? And there's roads off of that main road, and you can park at the head. And if you see a truck there, you know somebody's down the road. You know what I mean? And, and it's obviously you can go down that road if you want, but. It's 20,000 acres. Etiquette. There's another road without anybody totally. down there. I guarantee <laughs> right. you. So, um, yeah, dude, we took off down a road starting, it was probably 8 o'clock, you know. Uh, I got a ways back in there and um, hadn't heard much and, or we hadn't heard anything. And it was funny, man. It's always that, it, we were in this kind of odd spot on the trail where the, the bottom was extremely thick below us mm-hmm. and the... There really wasn't a good pl- uh, place to make a 
a play on a bird had he gobbled. And I literally said that to Ryan. I was like, man, this is one so of those nothing's spots. gobbling at this point. No, I hadn't heard a gobble. Okay. And um, I say to Ryan, I was like, yeah, this is that spot. Like, we'll probably strike one and we're not going to be able to get to him. Like, literally said that out loud. Because he was going to be below you? Yeah, it was just re- the, the way the lay of the land, like, it was extremely thick okay. where we were. And it just wasn't. It, Cheatham is up and down. Absolutely. And it was super, super up and down where we were. And it just it just wasn't like, oh yeah, we'll just head over to that oak flat over there and, and get it done. You know but, what I mean? Yeah. Like, but we had been walking long enough that I was like, let's let's make a call anyway. Right. And sure enough, you know, bird fires up like in the middle. He cuts me off. <laughs> the best. So yeah, that's had, great. But yeah, it was cool. I mean, it's like, here we go, it's on, you know, and just like any turkey does, it was. Um, I didn't call again to him. I didn't call again to him. We kind of loop around, and get on the ridge above him. Like he's kind of down. If if the ridge kind of slopes down, kind of fingers into a bottom. Right. If you follow the ridge the Absolutely. whole way down, yeah, yeah. I think he was in the bottom okay. or making his way up. You know, which is kind of odd for a bird to start off low like that. But if you're if you're on in the morning. Uh, I mean, at least around here, it seems like most of these birds start off on top of these ridges, fly down to the hens, and then follow the hens. So if the hens go in the bottom to feed, they're behind them. But really where you can pick those things up is, I mean, eight thirty, nine o'clock, it seems like you can hear birds in bottoms. Do y'all do y'all see this with, with birds in Tennessee? Because it is really ridge-toppy here, obviously. And I live on a ridge now. You live on a ridge. It's way more windy, uh, especially on those like light windy days and real, the hard windy days at night, bro. It's, I mean, pounding. The trees out there, even the oaks that are solid, dude, are swaying. And do you find on those, like, hunting sheet them with a down and up kind of, and that's kind of how our farm is in West Tennessee, most of the times on windy days, you can find birds in the bottom. And, like, if you've had a windy night previous, you can go start your morning on those birds down low, and that's a way that I've found calling above to, like, from, from you know, above to, to ridge bottom. Yeah, which, which is rare. Yeah. But like you said, I think it kind of like how deer are, where it's like mm-hmm. finding a deer trail, it's like a lot of times they go the way that we would choose to, to yeah. walk. You know what I mean? It's just like, oh, yeah, that trail makes total sense. That's, mm-hmm. that's where I want to go. Path you know what I mean? Resistance. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. And they do the same thing with the wind, it seems like. It's like, man, it's, if it's windy on top, it's like, man, let's get down to the bottom where it's not oh. so windy. And I think that's what that bird had done. Like you said, I think he had um, either been on top with hens early in the morning mm-hmm. and kind of busted off and was – you know, and just doing his thing in the bottom. But um So yeah. you strike this thing up, he hits all and you're like, All right, you walk down the finger, are you above the bird now? We're still above him, yeah. And okay. we were on the top of that ridge and it was real thick and full of briars on on the top. And I said, Hey man, let's kinda ditch off like you could see just kinda on on the side, not all the way down the side, but just on on as it started to really slope down. Mm-hmm. Cleared up, you know what I mean. Like it was a pretty oak flat with no, no, none of that thick undergrowth like briars and crap like that. And mm-hmm. What do you want a turkey hunt in? Right. It, if I was a turkey, I don't want it to go there. You know mm-hmm. what I mean. And uh, and so we get down and set up there. And I had every intention, honestly, Ryan Gore. You know I did. I had every intention that Ryan was going to shoot this bird. Okay? Oh, here we go. <laughs> I didn't even think about that. I didn't see the twist. I didn't even. I didn't even think there was this a was twist. This was two years ago, wasn't it? This was two years. Yeah. I absolutely yeah. remember I this. Just, yeah. I remember him calling. Yeah. 
dude. Sorry, Gord. Dude, if you want to go and kill a bird, just holler at us. Yeah, man, we got you, Gord. We are trying real hard to not be selfish. We won't even take a gun. We'll take cameras, and we'll take and we'll watch you shoot. But if you miss. We're ripping that gun out of your hand to pull the trigger. Okay, all right. So you hijacked this bird from Gore. Wait, where on the tree are y'all positioned? Because I always hear. And this is even more in my defense. Okay, okay. Decoy in the ground. He sits in the tree that's. What decoy are you running? Just one hand. Okay. Um, One of those Avion X hands. On public, you got to have that. Beautiful. Spend the money. Yeah. They're they're worth it. And I'm also scared to tote anything with a fan on public (laughs) land. (laughs) Don't Okay. And then, uh, so, uh, um, yeah. And I set him on the, he, he got on the tree that was, you know, 15 yards off the decoy. And then I went another 10, 15 yards back and kept calling. Now, this bird, I swear on my life, if this bird gobbled once, he gobbled 150 times. On, on public. On the way up this freaking. Sheesh. To the point where I was like, shut up. Because okay. you're gonna bring somebody else over here. Oh, you know I what it. I mean? Like Absolutely. I was like, stop! I know you're coming. Like, stop gobbling. Which is something else you have to worry about on public. <laughs> yeah, that's exactly right. Which you is don't, really you rare. don't have to think about that on private because you ain't got nobody coming, man. You just you just listen to the bird and he's coming to you on public. You got to kill him quick. That's pretty. interesting, <laughs> Are you gonna have man. six dudes? <laughs> so <laughs> true. That's really yeah. interesting. That's one thing that'll push you. All right, so you're in the middle of Cheatham. You got this bird coming. Ryan Gore, go. Goblin way too much. Too much. Won't shut up. And like I said, we moved off into the the slick, pretty oak flat. Oh, yeah, where you want to shoot him. And where does that bird go? But up through all the briars and brambles and snags and snares. And he's up on top of the hill, and we're down just a little ways, you know. And he's still up there hammering. I mean, just over and over again. (laughs) It was. I'm serious, man. I've, I've never had a bird gobble so much. As that bird did. Wow. It was it was really cool. And yeah, the bird winds up making his way down the hill and he is he's kind of he's past Ryan now. If you can imagine, like we're facing down the ridge. Okay. Long ways where he was coming up. <laughs> now he's to our left. Okay. Okay. He's past Ryan mm-hmm. and he's essentially coming right at me. He's gonna break down the hill. He starts to break right down the to hill, your... and he's literally coming gotcha. to like my left hand, you which know? is beautiful because you're right-handed. I mean, it couldn't get any. <laughs> it couldn't have been more perfect. <laughs> and it was like the thing where, it, like, like I said, I had every intention for Ryan to shoot this bird. So I'm like, oh god, here he comes. I'm excited. The birds at coming. this point. How many birds have you killed in your life? At that point, man. I mean, probably in the 15. So how many has Ryan killed at this point? I don't know. <laughs> I didn't ask. <laughs> I hope it wasn't his first. Well, doesn't matter now. <laughs> if that was going to be his first, we'll get a text It wasn't from him. his first. <laughs> <laughs> the first cut's the deepest, man. It was... It's funny how much sense that actually makes. Totally. All right, go. You said it. Strike one. what I do? Totally. All right, so the bird comes up. Bird, uh, yeah, and I like I said, I, I put my gun up, almost kind of like, and like I said, I, in all You're honesty, like, I was like, I had every intention of Ryan to shoot the bird, and I even looked, and he kind of wasn't swung over yet, you know, <laughs> and so I had the gun, I had gotten the gun up when he went behind a tree, and You're in turkey, triple threat. Uh, oh, yeah. You could go, you could shoot, you yeah. could call, yeah. And, uh, yeah, man, I, I mean, I'll be damned if that thing didn't, like, literally walk 
in front of my barrel at 22 <laughs> yards and just kind of look at me. You know what I mean? And I well, was are you like, going to do this or what? Yeah, that was pretty much what it was. He's like, here I am. I've gobbled 134 <laughs> times, but who's keeping track? Shoot me. Just shoot me. Get it over with. I'm on public land. Today's the day. Today's your lucky day. That was the old kamikaze. But um, That's awesome. Yeah, big bird, man. I, and I don't know what it is uh, about Cheatham, yeah, Cheatham County in general. Man, I've killed like like big heavy birds. That was yeah. a big. He was one of the largest birds that I've ever killed, like like body weight wise. Probably yeah. early season seems to help. It seems mm-hmm. like that with me too. Yeah. The earlier in the season I kill them, the heavier yeah. they tend to be. Kind of like a buck, buck and rut. It's like after they've ran and chased and fought, their weight seems to go down. Do you? You want to tell your favorite public land bird? Well, it's it's with Randy. Yeah. I mean, yeah, yeah. We, gosh, that was that was kind of early on in our friendship, a little bit. Yeah, that was probably what five years ago, maybe at least a long time ago. We, we were hunting Yanali, which happens to be um, also a piece of public ground in Columbia, Tennessee. And Yanali is actually twelve thousand six hundred acres spread it, out. It's not a continual block, so you kind of need some sort of mapping system to figure out. But man, there's some honey holes in there. Oh well, that's yeah. What I was gonna- that's what I wanted to say, man. You guys had scouted that spot out, I remember, mm-hmm. and done like a lot of homework and scouting beforehand. And y'all had that, like, like that was, you're talking about honey holes, man. Like, that's one of those places that you're not like, oh, yeah, 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 you park here. And then, right. like, that's what was really cool about that spot and made it special and probably why. We wound up being successful that morning. Cool, you know? man. It was that we we did spend a lot of time. We actually deer hunted that block of of, of land too. I'm not going to say where it is because before any, snipe it. yeah, before anything, we deer hunted it, and that kind of set us up. Like, I mean, any any time we're on public land, we're like, man, this would be a good if you're turkey hunting or deer hunting. You're always thinking too about the other species. Like, man, this is going to be a good spot. Birds will roost right there, and they'll you know they'll come in here. But we had deer hunted that spot. Uh, did you find it or dad? I found it. Yeah. But we had deer hunted it. We knew it looked great. Um, we had seen turkeys during deer season there. We knew it was active. We knew, you know, nobody could get back to it. It was secret, super hidden back there. And I don't know how that morning came up, but somehow me and Man- Mandy, me and Randy met on 65. And I went with somebody, and then y'all went together. I yeah, we had split up. I think you, I think y'all went to Yanali, too. Yeah. No, or maybe maybe you were on a, I think you might have been on a, on a piece Who of private Who was the ground. other guy? Was it a nephew or a cousin? I don't know. I don't know. It doesn't matter. Anyway, go. Tell the story. Me and Randy get up there, in this, and, and you get to this one spot where you kind of work your way to, and then you call from. And that's what we did. And sure enough, these birds hit on the ridge over. We worked our way down pretty quick, and pretty quick through this little cedar thicket. Got on got on this, uh, on these trees kind of in, in the cedar thicket before it went to oak, like wide open. That was such a clutch setup spot totally. in that like it was so thick remember how thick it was right so, behind yeah. us and we were right on that edge that line of cedars because they stay green up. you know yeah I mean, you'd be able to hide in those cedars which is actually a pretty good point i mean if you're hunting public especially near an oak flat if you can get into some sort of cover you're definitely going to help your chances out well not only that is like if you're sitting in front of the thicket Everything's dark behind you, even in the daylight, because like that, the light doesn't cut through those treetops of those those young cedars. Sure. So it's going to give you a nice little backdrop to sit in on, and those birds aren't going to see you. But we set up, and man, what there were three gobblers up there. Yeah, I remember 
there's I don't know we I think we laid eyes on three. Yeah, there could have been more. Y'all laid eyes on three. Oh yeah. Oh, dude. Oh, I didn't know. We that. had them fired up too, and they would come halfway down the hill. The big old, the big boss was the first one, remember? Yeah, and there was that blown down tree halfway up, probably sixty yards, and it was. I mean, this bird, same thing, dude. Just white head was. We had a decoy. No, we, no, no decoys. We did. That's right. One decoy, white head coming. He came sixty yards behind the tree. Neither of us could get a shot. A little bit out there. We caught two in. I we say shoot, Randy can't shoot, so he's like, Man, go ahead and bust yours. I bust mine. Bird falls, and sure enough. But didn't y'all talk for a minute? Like Yeah, we took mask off. We high fived. High five. We were standing up high fiving. <laughs> Great shot, dude. That was awesome. And we were done. I mean, we were gonna go pick it up and go home. And then just like every every turkey hunter has this moment when they're standing in the woods thinking the hunt's over, and all of a sudden you hear and you go, well, I literally, we looked at, Randy looked at me and goes, here we go. And we sat down, put our mask on, and we started calling. And sure enough, we got that boss to come down. And mine, all mine did was flop one time. And son, here he came. We watched him flog him for 30 seconds. Oh, yeah. God, I wish we had video of that. Randy dropped him on front, on top of him. And I think, I think the video camera was in my truck. Are you serious? Yeah. Always. That's the second turkey, incredible turkey hunt I had oh, not man. filmed because of the cameras in the truck. You've missed some things. Jonathan shot one at 82 yards. That's no joke. I remember that. One pellet. One Looked pellet. like assassination. He was like, let's go get you one. <laughs> it was the first time Jonathan ever killed a bird. Reed was like, dude. It was snowing. It happen. Mississippi. Snowing. First day. Absolutely. Jonathan was like, dude, this is easy. Let's go kill you. I was like, bro, we, we ain't going to hear another bird. Oh, yeah. Isn't it funny, like, talking about that, you take somebody for the first time, and I don't know about y'all, but, like, there's some sort of magic to oh, no having doubt. somebody no else on their first time. Yep. I think because you kind of play it pretty simple. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. you don't try anything stupid. You're just like, hey, man, they like it up here. Let's just kind of sit right here and call for a little bit. And then you got 40 and- <laughs> birds roost above you. And they just kind of fall out of the sky. Yeah, then you just <laughs> shoot it out from under them. <laughs> Shout out to Ryan Gore. Shout out at Goretronics, dude. Call us, man. We'll hook you up. I feel bad for him now. Um, hands down, I doubled with my dad. I've doubled with my dad a couple times. That was probably my most special hunt as far as being with somebody. Um, but, man, we were living. Do you remember? Oh, I love this story. Do you remember? I mean, this is true, man. This really happened. We were living on the boat at Percy Priest during this time. And uh, it was like our first spring there. And I, we didn't have anywhere to hunt within four hours. And we were like, man, we got to figure this out. How There's got to be somewhere around here that we can hunt. So we were living on Percy Priest. Well, that's all core land that surrounds Percy Priest. Have you ever hunted that? One time. Okay. Yeah. Um, it's kind of tough to find where to, how you can even get to it. Because nobody wants you parking in their driveway. They want that property as theirs, essentially. And it's it's kind of tough to get around. I found one inlet um, past a creek where I could park and walk the edge of the property. And that line, that the width of that was probably 20 yards of public. And for some reason, it just let out. And it kind of, you know, opened up into, like, decent ground. I mean, at least a couple hundred you know, acres of, of property to hunt. So I remember this is how long ago this was. I was going out that night with Phil Vassar. Yes, dude. Phil Vassar. Love it, dude. <laughs> so I was like, Cheyenne, this was, she was my girlfriend at the time. I said, let's go. Um, can we just run over here real quick? I want to check this piece of ground to just see if there's any birds on it. It was like a week before season. 
What was Phil's one? What's the, what's I mean, the, he had the a song? Bunch, dude. But what's like the one? The washing machine. Washing machine. Look it up. You yeah, look. I'm gonna look it up. So I tell Cheyenne, I'm like, hey, I want to go check this place out for birds. We go around the lake, cross it on 40, go down through there, and I park. I get out and I'm walking down through there, and I'm like, there ain't gonna be no birds anywhere got it just another day in paradise killer tune yeah great singer shout out professor um so we get there and i walk in and i was like kind of like you like i had my girlfriend slash wife now at the time with me i didn't expect anything to happen and i just yip 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 and all of a sudden dude it was like just right there and I was like, holy shit, get out, get out, get out. You know, she gets down. And I started with that one call, like this weird kind of frenzy thing where hands got real overprotective and started getting mad at me and pop, pop, pop. And then, pop, pop, and then there was two goblins. There was, and I was like, man, what is going on in my life? I was like, these birds, and nobody even knew. There were houses everywhere. And I think no one would have even considered, and I knew, even at the time, because I had hunted public before, I knew no one was going to hunt that bird, or those birds. I knew. It was just too secrety, weird of a spot for birds to be hanging out, for people to be like going in there a bunch, right? So I went out with Phil, and we took 40 out through Knoxville, and uh, we came in that way too. And on the way out, I told his guitar player, I said, you see that? piece of property you could see it from the highway yeah so you see that piece of property right there he was like yeah i said the day after we get back i'm gonna send you a picture of me holding it i knew i was gonna kill it and i went back in there the next we got off the road on sunday and on monday i i went in there and i snuck in and i set up and sure enough man I was like, dude, here we go. Comes that's a, right in. That's daylight? Yes. I dust that bird. I sent y'all a picture of it, I remember. Oh, I know. I remember this song. Man, I was so... It was by myself, and it was just like... You know, there are those like cornerstones moments in your life where you're like, I, I did something that I didn't think I could do. Mm-hmm. And that was one of those moments where like the odds were not necessarily in my favor to kill... You know what I mean? Because like, yeah. it's not this big block of private like we've grown up having. I mean, we were lucky enough that our dad was such a big uh, hunter that he took um, he took a lot of time and, and spent a lot of time on this particular block of land, and we grew up hunting it. Super lucky to have that. Uh, no, totally. And it wasn't a million acres. It was a small, you know, but right, we got but to hunt it. The, the gorgeous thing also about turkey hunting is like that. what you're talking about is sparking up a frenzy. Like as a turkey hunter, that's that's when you get fired up, man. It doesn't matter if you're just scouting or if you're sitting there with a shotgun on your shoulder, those are the mornings that make you come back that next morning, you know, absolutely. and fire you up for the rest of the season. Sure. And you, you don't have to have private land to have that feeling. Yeah. No, absolutely. There's birds all oh, 20,000 acres in Cheatham County. That is a continual block. Nobody has that kind of land in Tennessee. Absolutely, man. And I think too, on those, like on a place like Cheatham, man, I'm going to say your average guy doesn't, I don't think he gets off one of those roads. You know what I mean? Like, I think he walks the road and calls, and that's kind of it. So it's like, man, if you're willing to kind of jump off and, and hop off on one of those ridges and walk <coughs> back into something that's 
not so trounced over, man. It's like, dude, I, I, there's no telling what's hiding back in No there, telling. You know? and, and it may take you two or three times to find the road yeah. that actually where they're at, but they're in there. Mm-hmm. You know, there's in a block of wood. I mean, Dixon County, too, is what, the number one, one of the number one turkey populations in America. In the country, yeah. not just Tennessee, yeah. And I mean, dude, you've got 20,000 public acres sitting right there. It's 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 really it's a I mean it's a it's a it's a gold mine. And Steve, man, talking about you know Steve yeah. Swaw, yeah. he's going to be on here. Um, you know, heads up all the Cheatham County stuff there right. as a game warden. Um, you know, and you talk to him, and he's super candid about like, man, and you know, opening weekends busy out here, but man, past that, there's really not. It's not. He says, I think people think that more people are out here. Mm-hmm. Than there ever really is. Yeah. Which I mean, man, to, to get crowded on on twenty thousand acres, like I said, if you're willing to go, you got to be willing to go. Right. You know what I mean? You got to be willing to walk and put in the miles. But which is a perfect segue into what this whole podcast is about. I think, and I've developed a character for Reed to be, and you're gonna tell him exactly how to kill a turkey on public land. Oh my god, it's great. Okay, so this is the. Part of, so we told our, our public land stories, and they've all been good. We're going to tell you now, the listener, how to kill a bird. Actually, Randy's going to tell you how to kill a bird on, on public land. Because I don't necessarily know many other dudes that consistently kill birds on public ground. Besides Randy? Yeah. No, me either, man. So I, I just assumed he would be the guy to do it. All right, so Randy, this guy is Ricky John Riley. He's pointing at me. Reed is Ricky John Riley. He lives in the Gulch. He's not Rattlesnake Ricky. Son. Later. Say that. It's the greatest story of tell all it. time. Tell it. Doesn't matter. Tell it. We'll do it later. We'll, we'll no, round you out. You can't. You Let's can't. Let's round out the cast. Yeah, we'll keep him on, on the hook. Man. Y'all have to stick around we'll, for this story, man. <laughs> and it is a million percent true. Yeah, we won't embellish. It is not sound of, true. We might need to close with Rattlesnake Ricky. We'll I close mean, with Rattlesnake Ricky. <laughs> That's a true story, dude. <laughs> hey, man. That's a true story. Okay. He's out there somewhere. Ricky John. Or was, is he? He might not be. He may have been an angel. He might be. Dude. A redneck angel. They come in mysterious ways. Yeah. Okay, okay. All right. So, Reed is Ricky John Riley. He lives in the Gulch, which is a nice little part of Nashville down What's here. my job? He's in finance. Finance. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Single. For something cooler. He's probably single at that point. Not finance is cool though. Uh, he drives a Jeep Cherokee two wheel drive. Nice, because that's going to come into play. And uh, he's gone online. He's received his license. Twenty nine bucks, by the way. That's all it takes to buy a license. Is an online course and twenty nine dollars. Now go. Is that including your hunter safety course? Yeah, that's the whole deal. Heck yeah. And then you got would have to buy your license, which is you know a little bit more. But he's done all that. Okay, he's gone online. He's received his. A hunter safety course. He has now. He's going to buy his license. He pays whatever that costs for in state. Uh, just Which a turkey. Is not hunt. much. It's Thirty bucks. I don't know. I get my sportsman's. You do sportsman. I do sportsman. Yeah. I do yeah. Too. All right. So and just so happens for Christmas the pro- previous year, his dad gave him his old twelve gauge. Okay. So we got Ricky John Riley. He's got a two wheel drive Jeep, and he's, he's he's all suited up as far as everything he's needed to go hunting. Uh, and he's got his dad's 12-gauge. Now, you guys have a conversation. Don't get too ridiculous with this, Ricky John. Okay? 
Ricky John is excited. I'm just saying, don't get too ridiculous. I can't this. wait to eat, go eat at Sambuca after this. <laughs> Maybe catch a Riders round at right. the Commodore. Right. Yeah. No shade thrown on that. We played it too. Yeah. We all played the Commodore. Um, okay, so what what would be your first question out of the gate? You got Randy sitting here. You've got your license. You're hooked up. Obviously, you want to know where to go first. Correct. Where do you go to kill a turkey? Man, uh, I don't have any land. Public. There's yeah. There's big blocks of public land that are within 45 minutes of downtown Nashville. Like literally, you can head west on 40. You can head south on 65, and you can um, TWRA if you go on their website. Boom. Yep. Here we go. That's what I was looking for. They've got uh, very detailed maps there that you can find in their. I believe it's under the WMA. Uh, I think they have its own tab, you know what I mean? And yeah. so you go on the on the map of the of uh all the WMAs and it's very well marked and um man you can line it up with your Google map and uh it shows you exactly how to get there and once you do get there it's all very well marked. There's they made a good especially on um I haven't spent as much time on Yanali, but at Cheatham man it's like Every other tree, it feels like, when you get close to that line is well marked, so you sure. never get off, you know, onto somebody's private land that you'd get in trouble on. And, um, yeah, man, it's and it's wide open. So that's probably where you would start out as far as, like, availability of property. Totally. And then maybe you would move on to calls, would you assume? Yeah, yeah. What do I, what do, I do when I hear a turkey gobble? Well, not necessarily that, but maybe how do you even make a turkey gobble? <laughs> there you go. <laughs> Ricky John's, <laughs> Ricky he's John's super excited. Really <laughs> spanking new. All he sees is that mount. <laughs> All right, so what if we break? <laughs> what if we break down the three most common calls? Okay, three most common calls. I'm gonna go box calls. Probably being number one is the most common. I mean, we're talking about what twenty nine dollars at Bass Pro. Yeah, a good one. Sure. You yeah, know? good one. Um, next is a slate call. Okay. And then uh, your mouth calls, diaphragms. So, Ricky John, obviously, you're not advising him on mouth calls right out of the gate. Yeah, dude. Or don't, don't, yeah. I'd say grab a box call and a slate call, too. I mean, I, mean, I, I, mean, I would, I mean, you can, yeah. you can mess yeah. with it and it's whatever. So, like, you know what's funny, man? It's like, I think because I was so hell bent on doing mouth calls, I kind of suck on a box. Really? Yeah, I'm not very good on a box call. I don't know what it is. It's just that I just didn't do it. But I I love using, um, uh, using the mouth calls. You know, but well, we yeah. got lucky because our dad can't blow a mouth call. Like he's, <laughs> it is the most. No, he spits it out and like throws up and gets all dramatic. It's pretty, it's pretty disgusting. Yeah, it's ridiculous. You're like, dad, quit. He don't even. So all he uses is a out. box call. That's all he uses, box yeah. call. I mean, he's killed tons of yeah. birds, especially oh, on yeah. like windy days oh, yeah. and stuff like that. With just meh, meh, meh on that box. I didn't bring a box today because it's a little much. It's a little loud, and I didn't want to do it. You got something to say? Well, I'm just saying, Dad has figured out a way. Dad, Dad doesn't like mouth calls, doesn't like diaphragm calls, and he really doesn't have a slate that he likes. So he's figured out on his box, and it's the only one he uses, and he freaks out if he don't have it. Yeah. Because, I mean, he, dude, yeah. he's got that box call. Heartbreak, a little heartbreaker? Yeah, purple heartbreaker. Purple heart, something. Something like that, yeah. And But anyway, he knows how to, like, he knows how to do a feeding call on there, and they're super user friendly. Well, and that's so true, man. To anybody with with turkey calls, it's like you're kind of sold the idea. 
I think through, I mean, obviously through marketing, everybody's trying to make a buck. Totally. But it's like you're sold the idea that you need like this wide array of calls. You need to have them like draped off of your turkey vest <laughs> and you need to be clanking and clattering through the woods. But it's like, man, wouldn't you rather be like, so like your dad is with a box call, like super, super well-versed in everything that box call can do as opposed to being mediocre at like just the three basic ones all that we across the board that yeah, we just did. You know what I mean? Sure. And so it's like, that, and that's kind of why I stick with mouth calls. Like I'm so like, I'm super comfortable with a mouth call. Like yeah. just, I, I, just, I just love them, you know? And so you put a box call in my hand, I'm kind of like, uh, here we go. Right. You know what I mean? It's, <laughs> but for a brand new, brand new hunter like Ricky John, can we just start calling him RJR? RJ. RJ. RJR. RJ. Okay. So I mean, you would advise him to maybe pick up a box call, maybe pick up a slate, and if you want to fool around with mouth calls and start figuring that out, it's never too early. Yeah, I'd say starting like September. Yeah, though, two you know months, what I mean? three months ago. Right. And the good thing about that is like throwing them in your truck. Like I got a forty-five minute drive, so I really. I really play mine on the what to and from Nashville. Yeah, man. And there's really good there's really good sources online to to find out how to use each call. You know, I mean, the Primos guys do a great job of it. Night and Hell does a great job of it of trying to teach people how to you know get well versed in all three of these calls, mm-hmm. as well Thunder. as some other ones. Yeah, pick up some Spring Thunder DVDs. I would say, man, grab some of those stuff. It's a great show. Yeah, Real Street does a great job and start figuring out how how and when to call. You know, uh, I think. You would probably start off. I I brought a little slatey, a little slatey, just nice. to kind of to kind of talk about the calls. So okay, Ricky John's got his RJ. He's got his box. Got his slate. He goes. He calls you. He goes, Randy. I got these calls. I'm making scratching on them. I just don't know what I'm supposed to do. So maybe you would explain to him what calls to make when and and what they're categorized as. Yeah, man. I mean. And it's like, I would tell him, like, you know, get get comfortable with that box call, I think, first, first and foremost. Sure. And then get to where you can, you know, con- like we were talking about earlier, like volume control on mm-hmm. that dude. It's like, man, if you can get to where you hammer on it. Like, box calls are great locator calls, man. Absolutely. Long distance. You know what I mean? Like, you can, you can really hammer on those things on a windy day. Mm-hmm. And then, but also get to where you get comfortable just, like, being nice and quiet and, and purring on it. And, um... Because like if if you can be versatile on something like that, man, you just you just need that one call in the woods. So let's Ricky talk. John. Let's talk about a purr. So that, that's where I would start too. I would say, hey man, I would learn how to figure out how to purr first because to me, nothing says I'm comfortable, I'm feeding, and I'm interested in whatever's going on like a purr. So I'm gonna try. I, I haven't really uh, ran this in a long time, but uh, this would kind of be the. Yeah, all it is is just a short staccato movement of notes that turkeys do to let you know that they're feeding, they're comfortable, they're unalarmed, um, and yeah, they're just taking it easy. That's a fascinating thing too, man. Is like when you get clo- when you get a group of hens up close, I'm blown away at how much noise they're oh. making all the time, totally. and it's a lot of that noise. You know what I mean? It's very. It's that low, like a purr, very light clucks, you know? And I'm always, I'm, I'm, is where I think we kind of like try to stay quiet a lot in the woods, which I'm saying, stay, you know, stay quiet with your calls too. But it's like, man, they're making noise constantly, especially if they're scratching, you know what I mean? It's like they're always purring mm-hmm. and a light cluck. It's cool. 
Yep. I just want to make sure everybody knows I'm, I've not been, I don't take this into the woods. <laughs> okay. All I take is a mouth call. So I'm really unfamiliar with this uh, call, but I'm going to try to give you an example. That way I'm not spitting all in this microphone. So the, <laughs> I mean, that's where your purr is at, you know, just kind of, hang on. There we go. The J shape. Hang on. I'll find it. You may do it. There it is. Ricky J's telling you. What's Listen, up, there it man? goes. Okay. Ricky J shape. <laughs> yeah, it's a good one. Just somewhere in there that says, hey, I'm comfortable. So I'll teach him that call first. And then I would probably go uh, learn how to yelp. But man, it's so scary telling people to mm-hmm. yelp and tell me why it's scary. Uh, I think, I think, especially early on. Yep. When a, and and I know I did it too, but in, in early on in a hunter in a turkey hunter's career, they overcall. There's a lot. Everybody wants to, and that's a thing, man. It's so exciting to hit your call and have a tom respond with a gobble. Like, Maybe the most. The, yeah, in the top five most exciting things about hunting, Absolutely. probably in the woods that you can experience is, is, is you're faking Mother Nature out right. to respond to you thinking you're a part of Mother Nature, which is crazy. Yes, and 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 that's and 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 it's still exhilarating. As like it doesn't matter. I mean, like I've been turkey hunting for I don't know how many years, but like it's still just as exciting now as it's ever been. Sure, but understanding to like once you do get it. What he said is like, I know you're over there. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. And 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 then yeah, and then you get into the whole like understanding uh, w- what a turkey's getting at when he's gobbling. You know what I mean? And and I'm not. And you know, there's people obviously that are, that are better at it than I. But it's like, man, you get out there and you live with them enough, and really watch them in action and understand where they are. You know, you get to where you can tell by a gobble or how he's maybe not coming to you that man he's probably got hens with him you know what i mean like you, you can kind of start deducting what's going on which makes you change your call week sequence up you know i mean so it's it yeah experience well, it can. yeah experience is the best teacher yeah by far i think you made a, a really valid point about just being out there and and, and observing uh it may take rj r mm-hmm. a couple times of just sitting in the woods and starting to kind of understand the conversation between these animals or sexes, really, it's the same animal, but between the sexes, because it's it's difficult to understand. It's a language and screwing up. Totally. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> yeah, man. how many birds? I mean, I can't tell you how many birds I've busted. Like, stood up and yep. you know had a bird goblin, and it's like, and then then it's quiet for fifteen minutes, gotta and go, I'm gotta like, go. well, he's gone. That was fun. And then you stand up. <laughs> I and he's, ruined it. And he's, he's 50 yards from me, man. He was coming. You know? <laughs> so many times. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And I'll, that'll happen this year. Absolutely. Like, I'll get, I'll, I'll get up and go, well, I'm, I'm going to go get him. And then I'll run into him, meet him head. <laughs> I'll yeah, miss him every shoot time. Shoot at him flying. <laughs> Cameraman's like, what are you doing? Terrible footage. Can't use that. Yeah, man. That's that'll definitely awesome. happen. I think uh, you... Yeah, you also make another great point. Is like, don't be discouraged um, if it takes a while to figure mm-hmm. out what in the heck you're even doing. Yeah. Um, I know for me, <laughs> I'll never forget when I took Jason. You remember that? When I took Jason hunting and we sat up there and I had been hunting a little more and I'd still never called one in. Our brother-in-law. For, yeah, sorry. For him, anybody to kill. 
so I went with him, and I was all excited because I had, I had been calling birds and had them responding and blah, blah, blah. So we get up there. I call the bird. Gobbles, flies down. We see him fan. And uh, he comes up the hill, and then, like you said, he just disappears. Nothing. Nowhere. No sound. Won't gobble back. I mean, at this point, I'm like, hold on, let me put this. At this point, I'm like, <laughs> just trying. Throwing the kitchen sink Any, at him. Yeah. Man. yeah. Anything I He don't even do. got time to gobble. Right. He's like, <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. I'm trying to say, I try, like us last podcast. <laughs> cut me off. <laughs> yeah, dude. So it, it goes on for like 20 minutes, nothing. And I was like, well, I guess that's it. I mean, I guess we're out of here. It's not going to happen. And he stands up, and sure enough, that bird was 20 yards in a ditch about to pop his head up. And it takes those things to learn um, what moves to make, what calls to make, and when to just shut up and sit there. Yeah. And you can learn a lot from spending time in the woods. Yeah. And all those things are very valuable things. Like, they're all coming to play in different scenarios. Which brings us to an interesting call, the yelp. So, Randy makes an interesting point not to scream too much. What a yelp sounds like. I mean, how would you describe what a yelp is? Like, what's the point of a yelp? I call and respond. I mean. Yeah, that's a low. I think they're kind of locating, too. You know what I mean? I'd have to look that up. Don't take that for. No, I think you're right. For solid gold. But I think that's more of a, hey, where y'all at? That's what I use it as. Mm. I mean, the first thing I'm going to do in the woods is maybe just a tuk tuk. You know? It's it's kind of like getting to the club and, you know, hey, where my people at? Where my homies. Yeah, yeah. For sure. In the corner in the booth, you know. You looking fine over there in the booth? <laughs> you trying to dance or something? Yeah, for sure. So you so that's where, we, that's where RJ is. He's got his calls. He's figured out how to call. He's figured out where to call. Um, let's talk about shot placement. If he does get lucky on this first time and it's magical. And, He's going to. Okay. Oh, yeah. And the sun opens up, and uh, here comes this beautiful bird strutting at 60 yards. Um, mm. What would you tell him to do? Well, even even before 60, man, it's like patience. I think a lot of time, and unless a bird is boogering, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. What do you uh, mean by boogering? Getting out of there. <laughs> Thank you. Let's see, I'm RJ. I don't know. He's running, the... RJ. I'm from New Jersey. Jay-Z. I don't think that's a probably not. All right. So you're English and you're from New Jersey? I'm terrible at those things. <laughs> what are those called, Reed? Gosh. Come on, tell uh, us. Uh, accents. Okay. Took him a while. <laughs> Had to get that firing. Hello. All right. Slang words. Uh, <laughs> All right. So 60 yards go. Be patient. Oh, okay. my gosh. I mean, and that's hard, too, to sit there and watch. Well, Reed or. Yeah, now you're Reed. You're not RJ right now. You're right, Reed. Okay. Back. Um, he's too Reed right now. But too uh, Reed. I wish. He uh, looking at a bird sixty yards from you in full strut. So tempting. He's just on the other side of a down tree. It's just <laughs> like he's right there, and you're sitting there. It's like, please, just come another ten steps. Well, that's please. why I put him at sixty because that seems to be the or, 50, or twenty steps. Yeah, that seems to be the weird place is 60 yards yeah are you taking a 60 yard shot man i you know i actually i just bought a new uh or my wife got me a new turkey gun it's awesome what'd you uh, get 835 mossberg oh, dude. with Can't a pistol grip on it come out Can't um but man it's like you know that one shoots with three and a half inch shells and i'd have to i have to, I, I haven't shot it yet mm-hmm. uh but it's like two man i would tell a guy man go out and get plenty comfortable with your shotgun too like knowing what you're in for as far as how it patterns and how it kicks 
kicks like a mule, man. If yeah, he's, if he's got his dad's old one, it kicks like a freaking with a, mule. Even with a three inch in it, it's yeah. going to put your shoulder, you know, back yeah. a little bit. There is a vast difference between shooting a dove load and shooting your first turkey shell. I don't care if it's a two and three quarter inch turkey shell. Night and day. Night and day. It's going to knock you out, and and it's just something you got to kind of accept. Would you agree with that? Oh yeah. I don't know about you all, but in the heat of the moment, I kind of I completely one I forget, mm-hmm. but two it doesn't even phase. You're like no. you know what I mean? Like you don't realize your shoulder hurts until totally. about about fifteen minutes later. You go, ooh. I'll never forget. I got to pick that bird up. <laughs> I'll go left hand. My dad. I hate. I hope nobody from this line listens to this podcast yet. But he had an old H and R. And it was a single shot. We called it the mule. You remember that gun? Yeah. I shot my first turkey with it. I think he paid like 80 bucks for it at Walmart. And it had three and a half inch. Still hunts with it. Oh, yeah. He still hunts with it. Because it's so light. He weighs like six pounds. Yeah. It's so light. All it is is like a metal (laughs) tube. tube. Yeah. (laughs) And like somewhat of. And a firing pin. Bro, we'll knock you off. We'll knock you off your tail. Put you in the dirt, dude. So I remember he was calling. This was my first turkey hunt, and I was—I think I was like 14. Because we got into it late. We had been deer hunting way longer than we had been turkey hunting. And uh, somebody got my dad involved. So he took me out there, and I I was shooting that single shot. And a jake came up, and I leveled that pin. And when I pulled the trigger, I'm not lying, I pulled the trigger. And the next thing I remember was catching the butt of the gun by my nose. (laughs) With my left hand, okay. That Jake, so, that Jake didn't go nowhere. Though. So, so, yeah, he dropped. <laughs> hit him with sure. a baseball bat. So yeah, it looked like he just got hit with a t-ball bat. Pink, yeah. right? I mean, so I, I mean, imagine this. I'm shooting right-handed. The gun kicks me into the tree, hits my chest, and still has enough velocity to jump up. And I caught and the, the butt. inertia going to just yeah, shoot it off your I chest. I caught the butt, the butt of the gun in front of my eyes. Oh my god! So then I was like, "Dad, why didn't you tell me?" He's like, "You wouldn't have been, you would have been scared, and you wouldn't have shot it." You know, which is really interesting. So make sure you you know what you're dealing with as far as twelve gauge goes. That's great. Yeah, it was a lot of fun, but um, got I got a Jake my first first hunt. All right, so RJ has now. Got his bird at 60 yards. Is he pulling the trigger yet? What do you think? I hope he's not. Okay. Yeah. I, you know, patience. And I've had – we all get antsy. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? I get super antsy sometimes too. You know what I mean? If there's Especially if there's lots of birds around. It's like, man, there's one goblin over here. Like it, it's one of those really great mornings in the woods where you got – you're hearing a couple over here. It's like, man, as soon as that first one's not working, you start going, man, I should get up and start – heading over to where that other guy was gobbling right i would tell anybody man sit 30 45 minutes longer than you sit there and go man i should get up especially if you if you have birds within earshot like if you know you know they may have been with hens at the fly down but like you got bird you know there's birds in the area man stay put I think stay that's, put. I think it's that's so hard to, but stay put. Yeah, <laughs> I think yeah. it's one of the best points you can make, though. I mean, seriously, like, if you know you're in an area, if you've scouted and done your research, and you know where you're in an area that birds want to be, mm-hmm. they're coming, man. Mm-hmm. At some point, they're going to be there. Mm-hmm. Well, maybe we and should if it's talk not about this morning. It's the next morning. Maybe we should talk about the breakdown of how. What does a turkey's day look? RJ wants to know what a turkey, a day in the life of a turkey, looks like at five thirty a.m. Let's start there. Well, I start out in a tree. Right. 
Very pretty basic. <laughs> they wake up, they stretch. I wish I had that good morning. That, that good morning music to play. Man, I, you know, I think you know they fly down, run to hens, and it, it's it's lively in the mornings. You know what I mean? I think there is a a lot of times those toms roost with hens, but I think a day in the life is fly down, get something to drink, something to eat, make, make a little make love, make a little love, mm-hmm. get down. And um, I was, you know, especially starting early, it's like, man, it seems like I love to hear them gobble in the morning. I love, it's exciting. You know roost, what I mean? Roost gobble. Right there off the roost, man. Mm-hmm. That's that's an exciting, however long they decide. Every morning's different, but that's an exciting, noisy time in the Everybody woods. Everybody should see that. For it's sure. cool. Right. Um, but I will say, man, and I think any turkey hunter would say, it's like, man, your best luck seems to start around eight to nine, even to 10, 11. You know what I mean? Like there's, Absolutely. when it gets quiet and, um, you know, you get one of those birds that was with hens and just kind of got a little lost to fire back up. And man, that's a, that's a really killable bird. Absolutely. You know what I mean? Especially after that, that initial fly down. Randy's always the guy that you call. Like you're like, hey man, it's it's like nine o'clock. Do you want to go hunting? And Randy's like, yeah, I'm man, ten to one. <laughs> he loves a midday hunt. That's man. a great slot. I yeah. love deer hunting too. He yeah. love you love. Yeah, midday. there's something That's cool really about cool. it, man. You kill a lot of animals doing that. And and back to public land. That's an awesome time on public land yeah. too. Oh, I yeah. think I think you're a lot of your average hunter. You know, like I said, fly down's exciting. Everybody wants to hear them gobble. Mm-hmm. I think a lot of people hit hit eight forty five. It's super quiet. Waffle House is calling. Mm-hmm. That belly's rumbling. It's oh, yeah, like, baby. let's go get some eggs and bacon. Mm-hmm. We'll maybe come back out a little later. But man, that that nine to that nine to noon stretch on on public land, I think a lot of people have gone home and and there's some. There's some birds out there. Especially yeah. if they're gobbling. If you can get one to gobble between that time, your chances go up because early in the morning you got hens all over, you know, squawking and calling and, and yelping and all that. But that midday, if you can find that lone gobbler yeah. that's out there gobbling trying to get a hen to call to him and you can be the first one to him, it's a good chance if you don't, you know, mess it up, you're going to kill that bird. It's a real interesting point to make. So what happens with these turkeys is once they fly down, breed their hens, and they'll stay with their hens for a while. And what's crazy is I have chickens now, so I see it with my chickens. Oh, good point, yeah. The second they hit the ground, it's like, let's get it on. You know what I mean? And they rock for a minute, and then then it's food, and then it's water, and then they just kind of hang around. But I guarantee you, if there were more chickens on that farm that were receptive, if you will, those got those what do you call it? A rooster. Rooster would be on those hens. You know what I mean? Yeah. So uh, watching it, that's kind of how it goes. It, 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 immediately, it's it's let's get it on food, water, and in that midday, sometimes, especially after the hens have started laying, which is a crucial part of turkey season, I would say mid to late turkey season, those hens will actually start laying eggs, and they will go to sit on those eggs. And when they do, that leaves a gobbler receptive because he's still in Marvin Gay mode, and let's get it. On. Ain't no ladies, you know what I mean. So if you can find that bird, which we like to call. A hot gobbler. Mm-hmm. If you can find a hot gobbler. A lonely hot gobbler. Lonely hot gob between 9 and 11, I would venture to say that your percentages of killing that bird would probably go up 50%. Yeah. At least. That's Yeah. Maybe even more than that. Because the way that nature works, and I didn't re- re- realize this until well on into my turkey hunting career, is that 
a gobbler gobbles in order to for the hens to come to him. So when you're responding to a gobble, you're actually trying to reverse the role, the breeding role. You're trying to coax that gobbler into a fine-looking woman mm. with a bikini on and rollers in her hair because that's what I'm into. Dang. You straight up went. <laughs> I'm just saying. She's ready to go to the beach and night. That's right. <laughs> Y'all going to the beach with $200. About to stay seven days. <laughs> so depending on what time of the year it is, uh, is, is, is going gonna, is gonna to determine how receptor, receptive your gobblers are during midday. But man, my favorite day of hunting in April is the third week of season about midweek. I feel like that's when the hens are just starting to kind of go because we don't realize it as hunters, but these birds are already breeding and doing their things well before season starts. Yeah. So when you get to a place to where, okay, they're leaving their, the hens are leaving the gobblers. You can, you can really capitalize on that. And I would say the majority of birds that I've killed have been during that time. Absolutely. And those hens are going back. Like you said, they make that nest. They lay in it. I believe every day, every day. Don't leave it. They go back to it. Mm -hmm. Like you said, after they come down out of that tree, they're going to go back. They're going to find, they're going to eat, obviously, maybe breed again, but like, and then go back to that nest and Mm -hmm. sit on that nest. And like you said, man, you start knocking the numbers of hens moving around in the woods down. Man, that's when you, like you said, you find that lonely hot gobbler, man. For sure. It's a good time. Absolutely. So, RJ, how you feeling? Feeling pretty good. Okay. So you got your land, you know where you're gonna hunt, you got your gun, got you your got calls. your calls. Yeah. Know what time. Box it up. Let's talk about afternoon hunting just for a quick second because I personally don't like it. Yeah. I don't not like it. If I had my way I would hunt mornings and uh midday every time. But I've killed some birds in the afternoons of you. Not super I mean, I've gotten close in the afternoons a couple of different times. But I I like that early that early part, um, you know, like we were saying about noon. But mm-hmm. I know guys tend to go, you know, close to where they're going to go back to roost, yeah. you know, and kind of try to get in between. If you got a big open field, you know, get in between that field and then where you know those birds like to roost, yeah. you know. Cool. So, RJ, from this you need to take that you need to hunt uh, midweek. Yeah. If you can hunt weekdays. If you can get off from your, what was he a banker? He's a, he's in um he's in a finance. He's in finance. So yeah. I can't. So I'm gonna hunt the weekends. Oh, you're gonna hunt the weekends. Mm-hmm. Okay, so maybe shoot for Sundays. Mm-hmm. Perfect. <laughs> Probably more than Saturdays. I, I would say assume. that too. No, I'd say that too. And, and you can still, man. If if Saturday's the only day you got, like Randy said, go out there and find a road that don't have a truck on it. Yeah. And just go down there and and, and have fun, man. I mean, like, you don't have to. I think that's what I love about turkey hunting too is that it's so different than deer hunting. If you're if you've got like if you like excitement and and like being involved and a lot of people that's why a lot of a lot of duck hunters love duck hunters love duck hunting is because you're cooking breakfast, you know, you're hanging out, it's a it's a fun thing. And a lot of them don't deer hunt because it's so personal a lot of times. You know, if you don't have a camera in the stand with you, but turkey hunt, man, is it's it's different than all of it because it's such you're on your feet, you're on your move. Every day can be an experience where you're where you're harvesting what you're you know would you go out there to harvest and deer hunting if you kill one deer one good deer a year that's a successful season and and turkey hunting's completely different because it's it's just so much more interactive and 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 I don't want to say fun but 
It's exciting. It's just well, exciting. It's fun. Feel, like you're saying, the inter, the interaction part of it, man. That yeah. that conversation that you get to have. I there's a I, man. I I talked to this old dude one time. He's probably 80 years old. He's from Florida, and all he hunts is public land in Florida. I can't wait to hear the story. I'm really excited. And he enlightened me, like just like little tips that he gave, man. And he loved it. Like he lived for it. You know, you know. He was like, you know, he, a couple cool tips. He was like, wear tennis shoes. He goes, hmm. you know, a lot quieter. You can move around. He doesn't sit on a tree. He just squats, and so that he can he can shimmy around it hmm. when that bird kind of kind of does what the the bird did with me and Ryan. You know what I mean? Like we were both sitting on our butt. I couldn't swing over to that bird. You know but what I mean? That old man's so, got some hams on him. Oh, man. dude, he was he was he was about it, man. <laughs> I mean, he kept a journal. He he said some crazy number of years. It was obviously it was after he retired, but like some crazy number of years that he went every morning of turkey season, kept a journal. Come on. Barometric pressure like uh moon phase living it dude living in it and you know what he said after keeping all of those all those journals for all those years he said he looked at me and he was like there is no reason why or why not turkeys gobble really yeah i love that that's what he said i'm gonna believe that dude that's that's lived in the oh, woods oh my god i mean he, he dude he said his wife was standing there and she goes yeah she goes i remember one morning he was going and I was watching him get in his truck, and he had a stomach bug. Uh-huh. Like, he had been violently throwing up the night before. Says the dude, this is how hard-ass he was. He gets in his truck, opens the door, pukes out the door, closes it, and goes and turkey. My hands. God. That's what I'm talking about. My I mean, God. he's the dude, man. Gosh. I want to know all of the things he said. Did you take notes? Man, I, mean, I, don't, I, can't, I can't remember all the things he said. But, like, but dude, he, he said something cool, too, about calling him you know like talking what we were saying about that interaction mm-hmm. where it's like he he said man i don't really don't care anything about killing him he goes i really wish that we could play the game and when they realize they got got they come up and give me a high five and God, turn around and go dude. Dead. Dude. Oh, man. Yeah. yeah i mean i wish dude, me too can you hear chill bumps <laughs> rising do you watched a turkey through didn't you? sm7b you watched a turkey last last year man <laughs> tell a story I don't know what happened. This is going to seem like I'm don't trying Don't take to, forever. Just, well, it just seems like I'm going to try to paint myself as this like. Do it, man. Oh, I'm such a. <laughs> I don't even know what the word. What's the word? <laughs> I don't, yeah, I don't know. I'm such an avid. But I can't even look at you when you not, talk like that. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not trying to paint myself as the great turkey whisperer. And then I've killed thousands and I don't need to kill anymore. I'm this old ancient sage. That's the word I was looking for. I'm not that. I will still kill a turkey so fast. But for some reason, man, I don't know. I don't know if it's because I didn't have anybody with me or like, it's so dumb that I'm even getting to this point. But it's like, I, in the, okay, here's how it goes. In our part of Tennessee, where we have that continuous block of land that we've hunted for 30 years, mm. there's not a giant, it's been clear cut. So there's not a giant pop population of turkeys there. No, no, they've gone. They've yeah. Our turkey hunting has, has been depleted for sure. Yeah, which is one reason we've started hunting public a whole lot. Mm. Um, and at this at this time, it was like right after the cut. And I don't care what anybody says. If you've been hunting hardwoods for twenty years of your life, the day those hardwoods leave is kind of a weird. 
mm-hmm. moment. And yeah. you don't, you know, you see the property different. You see the animals different. It changes things, right? So there are certain sections of, of, of hardwoods that are still standing. And I just happened to be in one of those sections. And, um, and I called. And this turkey gobbled on the backside of the hill. And he walked around the hill. And I saw the rope. And I pulled up and I put the bead on him. And I said, no, nah, he's a little too far. Well, the birds are like 30 yards. And I put the gun down and, and he, he just kind of half mooned me. You know, he didn't moon me. He walked in a half moon around me at, at 30 yards um, before he was like, okay, something about this isn't right. And he just slipped over the ridge. And I was like, man, that was beautiful. And and I, I kept, and I woke up like out of this stupor like, dude. That bird was clearly in range, and I went back to the camp. You've you've hunted that with us. I went back to the camp, and uh, I saw Reed and Dad. They had hunted together that morning. They're like, "Just see anything?" And I was like, "Yep." They're like, "Just couldn't get him in range." And I was like, "Yeah, he was in range." And they're like, "Well, uh, where is he?" <laughs> and I was like, oh, "He's still back there. I can't really describe." <laughs> What happened? But, you know, and like I said, it's not me being the noble outdoorsman. It's just that our numbers are so low in that area yeah. at the time. And I, I still think TWRA, I'm gonna, we're going to grill um, Steve about this when he comes in, is trying to figure out what is going on with the numbers in that in that area. Interesting. I'm, they've actually come out with some studies about trying to figure out uh, why the numbers are so low. And a lot of it has to do with the clear cut, but there's a lot of other theories, too, that are not yet proven, so I'm not going to talk about it, but. They're trying to figure it out. That story is also a beautiful way of saying, I was asleep, and I woke up, and there was a turkey in front <laughs> <Not> of me. true. <laughs> and then it ran off. I'm glad that... <laughs> Did you bait me into that? Almost. Was that the whole point? Dan used to... I, I used to go... Look, get... something's going on in my life. I'll, let me just say that. I'm 35. Um, I've hunted a long time, and, and, and something in my hunting thing is happening where... I just really now that I've got like this crazy job and you've got it too. We've all got it, you've got it too. And it's like I just appreciate I'm appreciating the time in the woods more than I am the killing of the animal. Yeah. That's it, a that's a great point. And I don't mean I, I'm serious, dude. I'm not trying to pay go ahead, sorry. No, 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 keep going. Well, I'm just not I'm not the hunting martyr that that sounds like. Totally, man. I still love killing and eating animals a whole lot. It's just changed a little bit. Absolutely, and the, and I, I'm right there with you because the older I get, the more I think I almost I just appreciate the solitude of being able to sit out there, be in nature. You know what I mean? I, th- I think hunting as a whole gets that, you know, in, in the press and politically, it gets this stigma Ooh, of preach. Come on, of like just kind of a bunch of dumb guys out there. The Elmer Fudd, yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's a that's a great way to do it. It's just like swinging a gun shooting at anything but god man it's like it's spiritual for me like being able to sit like watching the sun come up you know on an oak flat whoo randy get me dude we about to stop this podcast (laughs) write a song dude Dude, it's so true though it's so true i'm getting chills right now man Yeah. yeah it's uh it's uh it's good for the soul you know what i mean it's a blessing it's like it it's a it's a if you even if you only do it for half of that day, man, that's for me. It's like, man, my wife will tell you, like, dude, I come back a, I come back a better husband. I come back a better dad. 
I come back probably a better son. You know what I mean? Like it's just yeah, like man. I'm just a, because I'm I don't know I don't know what it does, man, but it 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 changes something over inside, you know. Well, yeah, I think you're beautiful. you're yeah, I think you're fulfilling something that's there that only can be fulfilled by that experience. Yeah. Right. And the, the, and it's not necessarily like you said, man, once you pull the trigger it's over. Mm-hmm. Your morning's done. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? I mean, it, okay, you kill it. You know what I mean? No, I know what you uh, but, yeah. but man, boom, flopping dead turkey. It's just like, it's exciting. Don't get me wrong. It's so exciting. Yeah. I love it. It's, it's what we, what we talk about living for, but like, man, there's also like, like that letdown, like, damn it. Yeah. It's so, done. It's over. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, man, I can't remember exactly. It was in this, oh, come on, Dan. Uh, the 10th Legion. I think is what it was called. It's a book by uh, Colonel Tom Kelly, which you can get on Amazon right now for thirty nine fifty. Um, Not sponsored. <laughs> and uh, shout out Tom Kelly. He said, "If I could walk back up to that animal and breathe life back into it and start it over again, that hunting would be perfect." That's cool. And I mean, you know, it just goes to show you. What value is in hunting at a certain age? Because he's, I mean, he's 65, 70 years old at this point, and he's seeing this from a totally different angle than a 16 year old uh, who just passed his, got his license and, and got his shot, got RJ over here. You know what I mean? Yeah, man. He's seeing it totally different than that guy. I mean, that guy's out, you know, for, for some blood and for some food and, and all that's super interesting. But man, when you, when you kind of, cross that threshold and you get into that point to where you just value your time and you value um the woods more than you do that kill hunting takes on a totally new aspect of 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 therapy almost i know it does for me yeah i'm assuming it does for you oh man like like mentally dude it's just like there's a like say i mean something something's flipped you know what i mean at the end of that day and success or not you know oh man great point Great point. Just, if you're valuing your hunt on your kill, you're missing the whole point, I think. Absolutely. That's I a great mean, point. It, it's just like, get out there and enjoy it and figure it out. And good luck to all the RJs out there. And if we can be of any service, be sure and, and, and drop us a slide up in them DMs or whatever you need to do. Um, and we'll try to coach you on, on how to kill something. Yeah, and call your local TWR agent. I mean, I that was daunting to me until I met Steve. Yeah, and, and that guy is the nicest. He would love to talk about anybody. RJ, for instance, that wants to get because no the truth is numbers are going down. Man, we need we need you know to 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 get people in the woods and and call your local TWRA agent agent. Um, get on YouTube. Get you know Spring Thunder DVDs. Call who us. Email us. Whatever, man. We just we love it so much. We want to we want to spread it as much as we can. Yeah, we appreciate you and what you do too. It, it, I mean, as as a hunter and as a friend and as a as a person who can just stand up and and show the ethics and the reasons behind, and I feel like that's so interesting because you didn't have a dad yeah. who hunted. Yeah, my dad, my dad didn't grow up hunting. My grandfather did. Um, but man, my dad never he never really had any interest in it, and it was one of those things growing up. Even as a young kid, I remember like there was just something about like just wanting to get out there and understand it, and um. I wonder why. Like, what do you think sparked that? Just the just the nature of like wanting to understand animals. Because yeah. I mean, as kids, we everybody loves puppies and kitties. And kids, I've, and I've always loved like nature. You know what I mean? Like, I always like grew up just catching snakes and things like that. Like that mm-hmm. was always fun to me. And we were always sure. in the woods. And um, 
yeah, man, I don't know what that was, but I had a burning desire to figure that out, you know. And So how did your granddad assist in that? I mean, he's up north. He, he didn't really, other than talking about it and, like, kind of, you know, when we were together, like, you know, him talking about it and asking him questions and stuff like that. But it's like, I mean, I had a real supportive dad, too. I mean, he, oh, t- he bought yeah. me a he bought me a, a, a Remington 870 when I turned, I think I was 15. You know what I mean? Like, what a great you know, gun. Yeah, I still, dude, I, mm-hmm. I, I, I still use that gun, you know? Yeah. I, even, I mean, even last year, I mean, God, I'm, I'm 33, man. I, every bird I've ever killed has been with that gun. That's beautiful. As opposed to, well, I, I just got the new one this past year. Mm-hmm. I hadn't killed one with it, but yeah, man. I mean, I don't know what that was, and and and, and I had friends, you know. I had a buddy uh, that I met, I guess, at the end of high school, um, that got me into deer hunting, and I had turkey hunted before, like once or twice. But like I said, man, which goes back to the public land thing. I didn't know that existed back then. I don't think a lot of people and do. I don't either. It was like, even the first time that I went out there by myself, like I had this feeling like I was doing something wrong. Yeah. You know what I mean? Because it's like you're on like, you're, in, gun. The, you're in the yeah, you're in the woods. It's like I don't know whose place this is. And then, the, but once you like, let, once you do your research and you learn, like, man, this is all of ours. You know what Absolutely. I mean? Like it's yours. We. we through our tax dollars, it's like, man, this is where this place comes from. And through turkey tax, through your deer tags, like all that stuff Pip, is Pippin Robertson Act, baby. Absolutely. Yeah, Robertson. man, going towards that conservation. And, and so once, once you, once you realize that and man, and then not just here and like, I know, you know, we're talking middle Tennessee turkeys, but like, man, when you get into how, like, I've even been looking at places like in like public places in Illinois to do a, to do a deer hunt in the fall. And man, it's all laid out for you. And you look at how many public blocks of ground are in Illinois, even Iowa, some of these big buck states, like talk, talking about deer hunting. It's yeah, like, baby. man, if you go ahead and draw, man, dude, you can get it done on public land. Like, huge, there's great pieces of public land. Huge pieces of property. Yeah, in all of these places, in all of these states. you know, That have kind of been managed because nobody they're not going in there and killing all these animals every year. Well, it's I mean, impossible. Yeah, it's impossible. I mean, that's one thing we've learned about even hunting out west. I mean, which is really a weird concept to think about is like we own that land too, right? And millions and, and millions of acres, yeah, right. And, My, like you're standing there, and it's like I've got miles to walk, right? And yeah. and it's yours, yeah. You know, if you respect it and you and you take care of it, man, it's it's yours. Which is why it's so important to to contribute to things like NWTF and RMEF. It's like it's important. We need uh, and BHA. I mean, backcountry hunters and anglers, it's like, it's important. And, and I want my kids to, to see that and to be able to, to go hunt Yanali. You know what I mean? And to, and to go hunt uh, Cheatham. Yeah. I mean, that is that is important. And no other country in the world has that like we have that. Right. And it's something, it, it is a big responsibility. And that's why we have to push public land hunting and why we have to get RJ in the woods so that he'll take a stand for it. Yeah, mm-hmm. I was gonna do some background music because you were on a roll right <laughs> Rocky. I wish I could see him. You man. did like I didn't know I was gonna go there, but his eyes, Dan's eyes, got really yeah. big right. Well, like dude, preaching. I kind of think it was more of a strings thing. Okay. You know what I mean? Okay. Like, okay. <laughs> yeah, I, I hear it. I just can't do it. <laughs> Very cinematic, you know. Yeah, totally. The sun's going down in the room. It is a little patriot, patriotic in here. Right like now. the theme song to Jurassic Park. Which one was that? Uh, oh. <laughs> <laughs> what? 
right. That was one note. Sorry, Dun. I got in the middle of it. We, we played it. We played it in sixth grade band. Hit a note man. on piano over there, Reed. <laughs> That's what Randy did. How am I supposed to know what the? There's dr- some notes after okay, that. I promise. All right. All right. All right. Uh, anyway, geez, sorry. So I didn't mean to get on that soapbox. I just, I didn't recognize that we had public land in Tennessee that was ours. Yeah. And we do. We've talked about it a lot. So if you got any questions about it, be sure and hit us up. Randy's also an elk hunter and a deer hunter. We're going to have him on a thousand more times to talk about all those things. Uh, but we're going to close out with one of, uh, my top. Wait, wait, wait. You got to do, are you going to do the Wang boys? We'll do that later. Okay. We're going to close this portion of the show out with um, one of my top favorite. I would say top three hunting stories I have. Oh, yeah. I guess just because of the irony of this story. It's bizarre. It will not make sense to anyone else. So what we're going to do is because I know the like locations and the names of these places, I'll take it. But but you come in. No, no, man. You, you dress the story up the way that it exactly – like <laughs> you tell the story great. Like, I, I mean – like you said, and no, and not to ruin anything. No bird at the end of this story. No bird. If you're if you're listening to this story to hear about how we killed a turkey at the end of it, you can just go ahead and skip about four minutes, and then you'll be back to normal. So, Randy and I become friends. We start writing songs together. We get a Justin Moore cut. Thanks, Justin. Shout out Rebel Kids. Ooh, Justin, can I play this for Rebel Kids? And and we decided we're going to go turkey hunting together. I said, man, I got this block of timber that we've had for 30 years. Come with me. Meet me at my house at 5, 4, 3.30 in the morning. He meets me. Sorry, meet me at my parents' house because at this point I I didn't even have a house. So we met at my dad's, and we drive out 31 down Columbia to the the quick stop right there on the left with it's got good chicken strips, right? Mm-hmm. I tell Randy, hey man, this place got some bomb get in chicken here, strips. You gotta get these chicken strips. Let's go in here and get some. They got curly fries even this early in the morning. No place has got fried chicken and curly fries. I ain't gonna lie, I went there this morning. This is no no no, this was night before, Dan. Remember, it wasn't the morning. We spent the night down there. You're right. Yeah. So not this before. is night before. Night before. Thanks. See, that's why it's important. No rush. No rush. You know, we weren't rushing to get down no, there. No, dude. We were just having a having a good time talking about it, right? So on the way to the store, Randy and I strike up a conversation about snakes, about rattlesnakes. We're not even to the quick stop yet. And I have you had you ever even seen a rattlesnake at this point? Well, that's what we had said is like I had never I don't think I'd come across a poisonous snake in the wild. Like okay. I don't think I'd seen that's and that's what we were talking about. And maybe I mentioned that in Wayne County where we hunt. Uh, we have a history of timber rattlers. So we're driving, talking about rattlesnakes and how weird they are, and we pull into this quick mark to get some chicken strips, and I'll let you have it. We walk into this thing. No, I mean, I mean, I'll, the guy, we, we, we get our food, and we're checking out at the counter. And remember, he has this scar. And there stood skin, at the counter. Skin graft. There stood rattlesnake Ricky Barnes. This guy. I think Ricky Barnes is a golfer. <laughs> no, he's not. Not this Ricky Barnes. He is Barnes. a cashier at Texaco. <laughs> and dude, he has like really fit guy, super fit skin graft from mid. What is this part of your arm? Uh, you're like your bicep, tricep, mid, area. mid tricep, bicep area, all the way down to his wrist is this. 
obvious skin graft. He had, remember Hulk Hogan blonde hair. Oh my God. Tr- like trimmed like to a perfect feathered straight bottom. Straight bottom all the way across. Feathered bangs. Cap. I think he had a Fu Manchu. Absolutely he did. And I know he had a fake diamond earring in. Yeah. Is he going, is he going cut off? So you can see the whole thing as, as soon as he gets thing. off work. <laughs> he's definitely going cut But off. he's going short sleeve so he can tell people the story, though. Oh, it's a medium. I mean, this thing is up his arm like this. So you he's... could actually wear a long sleeve Bro, and not you... ever tell the story. Absolutely. You, There is no way you walk in that gas station and not see this guy's giant skin wrap. Yeah, it was very, very pronounced. Yes, prominent down that arm, man. It was <laughs> so took obviously. Took a good eighth of his arm. We're... We're looking at this dude's arm. I mean, not like looking, but we're just kind of sitting there. And he goes, uh, we had camo on. Mm-hmm. He goes, you guys headed to the woods? And we said, yeah. He goes, man, don't mess with them rattlesnakes. Yeah. Out of nowhere. We first, had been talking first thing about out of his mouth for 10 minutes. At, first thing out of his mouth, man, don't mess with those rattlesnakes. We were like, oh, man, okay. He goes, you see this right here? You see this skin graft? He goes, that's from me being a dumbass when I was 16 years old. Got bit. He said. Living in Alabama. Living in Alabama. Take it. Well, no. I mean, he just said he was living in Alabama, and I think he was trying to. Pick it up or something? Trying to impress somebody. He goes, I tried to pick that thing up. Nailed me. Turned around and bit me. They skin gra- He's like, they took it from my leg. Y'all want to see? <laughs> no, he didn't say that. I was like, man, we're throwing these chicken strips away. Yeah. And he was like, uh. <laughs> We skin craft. What are y'all doing buying chicken strips at five in the morning anyway? Hey, it was the night it was before. Night before. Randy, it was cleared it Randy cleared that up. Randy cleared that up. Chicken strip up. dinner, man. They, I mean, they're good, but they ain't that good. They're, they're that good. If they had them, at they're not now. This bus. morning, they were really. You had chicken strips this morning. This morning, damn. So we uh, we he tells us don't mess with them rattlesnakes. I promise, just like that. Yeah. Don't mess with those rattlesnakes. You boys have a good time. We were like. Okay, man. <laughs> so so oh, we go. Isn't it? Where do you, where's your mind at? Well, well, <laughs> well I was going to say, he, one, we had just been talking about rattlesnakes like before we walked in the door. Literally 30 seconds before we walked in the door. Guy like looking like a character out of a movie. Like, I mean, like it was kind of too. Roadhouse. He looked like Patrick Swayze from Roadhouse. 100%, man. Like he was in the fight scene in Roadhouse. No doubt. Yeah. I'm not kidding. Dude, this is not. This is. <laughs> I've heard this story like seven times. Well, I'm, I'm just telling you. I love I it. I know it sounds like a lie. It sounds like a crazy lie. Oh, yeah. But and it is not. First, looks at his first word out of his mouth. Don't mess with those rattlesnakes. Y'all boys stay away from them rattlesnakes. And so then we walk out the door. We're like, what? How crazy was it that that guy. So we start making a joke. We're like, oh, rattlesnake Ricky, huh? Like laughing at this thing all the way to the property. We sleep that night, uh, laughing, uh, and then we get up the next morning. We walk out to the ridge where we yeah. we have this encounter with this bird. The bird comes close. We see him. Never comes within shooting distance. That, that bird, remember that bird was came down in the dark. Remember it was like literal dark, pretty much. I we, mean, I don't think the sun was even up. We no. tried to kill that bird all year. Really? You remember that? Oh, we're no, still. You, remember, you no, hunted that bird, right, dude? Yeah. We're still I, trying we to roosted kill. him one night. That's yeah. Right. Dude, we still try to kill that bird. Yeah. That bird never got killed. He was just, we've been hunting for three years before me and you ever even walked out. He's, He's like 13, 13 years old. <laughs> this joker's gotta be. He's looking a like a Volkswagen. Yeah. <laughs> He's old, man. He's got old. gray strands in that beard. Man. <laughs> He's like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he was mean. Got that, red mar- that marble red gobble, you know what I mean? <laughs> so, 
So we sit there, beautiful morning, turkey walks up the hill, doesn't cooperate, which is fine. And we start walking back to the truck. And I remember this so vividly. I remember talking to you to my left and you raising your right leg to step over a fallen tree. And you went, there he is. And I was like, what? And you go, there he is. And dude, beneath this fallen tree is a rattlesnake that I'm telling you. I mean, what was that snake? I mean, probably. In his midsection, dude, he was just bigger around. I mean, baseball bat, you know what I mean? No doubt. No doubt. And I'll never forget the thing about that. Four and a half feet long, probably. Yeah. The thing about that snake was that every other snake you ever come across in the woods is going to be like, oh, man, I better hide under this log. This snake is like, what you going to do, man? Oh, yeah. Step at me, bro. Make your move. Literally. Step at me. Absolutely, man. He had a, just that mentality of, uh, he, it's, it's like he looked at you, he's like, am I in your way? Yeah. Well, you're in mine. Yeah. So figure it <laughs> out. Well, you're either going to walk around me or I'm going to bite you. Because <laughs> this so. is my way. Yeah. <laughs> so sure enough, man, we're like, oh my gosh. I, I've got chill on my shoulder right now thinking about it. We're like, oh my gosh. And he starts going, and doing the rattling thing. Oh, thank you. And man, we got out of there. Yeah. We got out of there quick. But dude, you, I mean, we're what? Six inches from getting bit on the ankle. Oh yeah, I mean, like, dude, I was getting ready to step on. He was in a, he was coiled up. I remember, kind of just sitting there, mm-hmm. and I was getting ready to lay my boot right on top of that. Were snake. y'all more aware because of rattlesnake, Ricky? I don't know. I think he was there in spirit, though. Well, what I do know is he wasn't at the Texco next time I went, <laughs> and I ain't never seen You've that son of a gun since. <laughs> That's why I think he was an angel. He was, was a Hulk Hogan. Up arm, bro. He was a Patrick was, Swayze, Hulk Hogan, chicken stripping angel. He knew what was getting ready to happen that next morning. There ain't no doubt in my mind. Here's the other thing. Think about this. Okay. That ridge where you actually can walk, it's super narrow. Mm-hmm. I mean, what? There's maybe a 25-yard yeah, swath 20 that's yep. walkable, like, like mm-hmm. kind of flat. Mm-hmm. Dude, we walked right by that snake. We took the same path mm-hmm. in, same path out. No we, doubt. There's no telling how close we were to that snake. Whoever was on the right side walking in either stepped on or over that snake. That yeah. Thank you, man. Dude. I think that's how I'm going to go out. It's a grizzly bear or yeah, rattlesnake. swear. this weird thing. <laughs> swear. About snakes I ain't and scared in the ocean. I ain't scared flying. But when I go to Montana or I'm turkey hunting, I'm scared to death. Yeah. I think, <laughs> or, <laughs> done. It's going to be a baller way to go out, though. <laughs> I just hope it happens in like 30 years. (laughs) Yeah. He said, I can think of worse ways. Well, Randy, dude, we appreciate you coming on. Thank y'all for having me, dude. This was so much fun. Yeah, man. It's easy. It flies by. How long have we been in here, Reed? Two hours almost? Two hours. Yeah, that's insane, man. Oh, my gosh. We'll see more of these. This was a good time. You're going to to be a character on this thing, man. Yeah, I mean, we just consider you like, you're you're like, uh, we were talking about with Ray, like Ray's kind of the... Like, like hot cool cousin, cousin yeah. yeah, man, that comes into the brother son family reunion and has like a nice truck. But you're like the good old uncle, yeah, totally. You know what I mean? Drunkle. Okay, if you want to say that, yeah, you're the drunkle. <laughs> this dude can pound beers. You ever seen him? Man, we've drank a, uh, t- together a few times. You're not really yeah. doing that anymore, are you? No, kind of cleaned it up. Hashtag dad of the year. I remember when you back. were red wining too there for a while. I love red. I love red wine. I'll drink. A, I'll drink a glass of red wine real quick. Oh my, my party gosh. Days are- <laughs> Okay. Did you, are you seeing those? 
so so this is one of my favorite parts of the podcast. Yeah, this is the super end of the part. There's one secret left. Um, we go eat wings with. <laughs> they're still blowing me up right now. With a uh, with a certain group of dudes who are just like your homies from back in the day. We, we they're called the Wang Boys. So they send us questions. That's what that, that is not that like they're called, but like that's what we call. Them. We're we're the Wang Boys. We're too. Wang Boys. Yeah. Okay, so there's like six of us. Wang County. Yeah, Wang, Wang County. County. Right, <laughs> members of Wang County. So they uh, submit this or that questions that we throw out at the end. So I have not read these. Oh, cool. You haven't read these. You just have to quick answer them. Gosh. Oh, man. Okay. Wayne Boy segment. All right. Here's the first one. Would you rather be rich in 1900 or poor in 2019? Um, Rich in 1900. Walk off home run. Wait, that's not even a... Why did they ask that? Ask what? Of course you'd rather be rich in 1900. Well, I mean... All right, here we go. <laughs> There's lots of variables. Walk off... <laughs> okay, okay. Walk Medicine. off home run... Walk off home run to win the World Series or half court buzzer beater to win the NCAA tournament. Walk off home run. Hitler, dead or alive? Ooh, I think he's in the mountains in Argentina. Ooh! I already did my conspiracy theory answer. <laughs> Pickle said I now suck. Now we're it. getting into ethics. One man. of our like, buddies said I deep. suck at this game. Sorry. Yeah, he is garbage. <laughs> Randy, dude, thanks so much. I hope you kill like 5,000 turkeys. Dude, he will. He will. High five Happy opening top. week. Air five across. Happy the... opening weekend. Hey, Thank man, you. this weekend's it. Where are you going? Man, I'm not really sure yet. Got a couple different spots that I may may hit up. I think we're going to dad it. Love that. Film dad. I yeah, love man. that. I can't wait to take my uh, my son's Gosh. out there in the woods, man. It's going to be good. It's right around the corner. Can you leave us with one awesome story about of, of your son and how he treats your wife? <laughs> Yeah, he was three, and um, he has a respect for Montgomery. Oh, he loves her to death. Okay, he just doesn't. His name's have, Gunner. His name's Gunner. He doesn't have a. Uh, uh, his he's just uncouth about his like, uh, just how he says things. Sometimes mm-hmm. he says things very aggressively. <laughs> he doesn't really know. And what did you say? This is how you say. You're like, Wait. man, I don't want to whip that fire out of him. Yeah, I love I love how passionate he is about things. <laughs> Uh yeah, he looked at her. Man, she told him. She said, "Gunner, do not jump off that couch one more time." He'd been jumping off the couch. Gunner, do not jump on that couch one more time. And he looked at her, and he's kind of got a gruff voice because <laughs> he had, I think, because he had acid reflux when he was a baby. <laughs> so he's got this gruff voice, and he goes, he looked at her, he put his finger up because when I get mad at him, I put my finger in his face, sure. you know. And he put. <laughs> He put his finger up and pointed at her. He says, you go do the laundry. <laughs> oh, my God. Three what years old. Three, dude. dude. I don't talk like that. I don't know where he learned and it didn't from. You say, that's when you said, man, but I don't. Didn't you just laugh? <laughs> oh, I died. I mean, I. And, and, and Montgomery did, too. I mean, Montgomery yeah, laughed, funny. too, because it's just like a little three-year-old. You, you go, go do, do the, the laundry. laundry. Woman. We do this thing with Graham where we go, get in there and fix me some eggs. Okay, all right, enough with the sexism. <laughs> Randy, we love you, man. Thanks love for y'all, listening. man. Thanks for having me. We'll be back. See you. I got a tendency to drink and a temperance.